Now we're live. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to JA's Recipe for Success. Uh, it's been nice uh, to be away, get a little rest, went over to the Lake Keiko in North Carolina, really relaxing. Hope you had some downtime too, but I missed all of you, and I certainly missed having uh, some of our guests visit with us. You know, that's what I love most about this show. I get to meet new people hear about their stories, hear about the ingredients to their success. And then, of course, I get to visit with some of my longtime friends in the community and hear more about them and learn more about them. So I'm really excited today to have our guest with us. She has been a longtime friend in this community, and I just love her whole vibe. And she's just a diva. That's all I can say. I mean, I got I got a formal introduction here, but she is absolutely a diva. Um, and so my guest this morning is a longtime executive in the philanthropic field. You know, she's been speaking and training and working with nonprofits and business people and individuals and philanthropic leaders, right, for over 20 years. She actually started out teaching middle school with Broward County Public Schools, and she's currently the Vice President of Community Impact at the Community Foundation of Broward. And we're going to hear more about her life. Please welcome my good friend, Sherry Brown Grosvenor. Hello. Good, good morning. morning. Hi there. Good morning, Lori. Great to see you. You too. I always love seeing you. Love getting together. We never have enough time to talk. So I know that's what's going to happen today. We're going to run out of time. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so before we even begin to get into the things that have made you successful, your recipe, right? We're I'm in my kitchen. We're cooking up some good stuff this morning. Uh, so I want everybody to know you just had a big um, change in your life, an amazing um, event and change. So tell us about that. Wow. So as you can see, I have uh, two last names now. Uh, Sherry Brown is now Sherry Brown Grovener. So I actually got married over the summer to the love of my life. <laughs> and I'm really excited about this new chapter and what it beholds for us. And, um, and it's been, it's been really uh, interesting because uh, through COVID, I hear about a lot of people getting uh, separated or divorced and, and I got married. So <laughs> there was a win out of COVID. There was at least one win out of COVID. And, and I'm glad I was the one that won Sean, my new well, husband. <laughs> listen, if anybody deserves it, you do. So I'm so happy for you, my friend, uh, and wish you a long, long life of love and lots of laughter, right? We got to yes. get back to laughing more often. Absolutely. So um, wish that to you. So I would love for our audience to just hear a little bit about your, you know, the path that got you to where you are today, maybe with a couple of two or three highlights along the way, right? Especially remember our students are listening. And so, you know, sometimes they think we start out where we are. Right. right, Or people don't know our backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. why we're so passionate about certain things. Right. So share with us just a couple of real great highlights along the way in your life that got you to where you are today. Sure. And, and I know your audience um, consists of students as well. So I think I'd like to start um, back to, to my formative years. Uh, when I was uh, growing up, I was always a designated leader in school. Uh, whether I, I chose to be or was appointed to be. And I took on leadership roles all throughout school as far back as elementary school. I was the the um, the student announcer. I did the morning announcements in elementary school 
they would call me in to, to you know to read poems and speeches over the intercom. And that just really carried through from middle school and then in high school, I served in leadership positions. I was class president pretty much all through high school, student government and all those things. And I would say um, uh, adopting a, a leadership profile early has been instrumental in my success because I learned how to uh, be a leader, how to um, speak and communicate uh, effectively with people and how to move an agenda at a very early age. And that carried on through my college years and then obviously in, in the career in which I um, uh, have, have forged for myself now. But uh, along the way, one of the pivotal, pivotal points um, has been uh, having been a, a middle school teacher, I think that was really the foundation of everything that I do today. Um, I'm a teacher at heart, and I wish I could have uh, stayed in, this, in the system, you know, for eternity. But uh, life had a, had a different um, purpose for me. And being a teacher, it, it taught me so much. It, it taught me how to uh, listen, how to be understanding, how to uh, coach. Uh, students to success and uh, and how one person can make a difference in so many people's lives. And so teaching was a, a critical part of my uh, career path. And I taught for five years in the Broward County Public School System and uh, have no regrets. I really love being a teacher. And, uh, and now I'm in philanthropy. I had some twists and turns and, and landed in philanthropy, which is a field that I honestly didn't know about when I was in college. And it is an industry or field that I, I think so many people overlook um, that has so much opportunity to make great impact in our community. Yeah, I think you're right. I just posted on LinkedIn yesterday. I was remembering back to uh, after my divorce, right? I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I've got to do something and reinvent myself. And my background was finance and account right. and accounting and um, advertising. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't much advertising down here. Right? right. And so having done a lot of nonprofit volunteer, uh, I went and interviewed and I was just really fortunate that the executive director, Jason said, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have the experience on the paper, but right. the skill set, right. The building mm -hmm. relationships, your right. passion for this, um, and he gave me a chance and I'm just, uh, I'll, I'll forever be grateful because yes. I think you hit on something, Sherry, that I think is so important. I've got so many questions uh, from what you said. But the first thing that you talked about um, was going from teaching, right? And then twists mm -hmm. and turns and then ending up in philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that because I think, like I said, I think sometimes uh, we think people get there right on this straight path and they go straight to where they are today. Um, and so often, right. It's a zigzag road. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Was there something in between teaching and philanthropy and how did you end up in this, world, right? in this, like you said, industry that is often, I think, overlooked. Yeah. It's, it, there were some twists and turns there, Lori. And, um, and, and we get to where we are not by accident. Um, it's everything that happens um, along the way that prepares us for our destiny. And teaching uh, obviously was like my first stop. That was my first career. And while I was a teacher um, in my latter year of teaching, I actually uh, won this, this 
this pageant, uh, this beauty pageant, and I became Miss Black Florida. And, um, I, and I actually used to, you know, I wore a crown and hobnob with celebrities. You see, I said you were a diva. I knew there was something in there. <laughs> yeah, that you know, that's a part. It's been many years ago now, but people still know me from that time because that really set me on a path of um, community service because I traveled around the state of Florida and I would speak um, on, on my platform, which was around, you know, breast cancer awareness and health and youth empowerment. So I spoke with, you know, to many corporations and, and, and did all kinds of talks and you just do all that stuff when you're a pageant queen and, right. and deal with the celebrities and stuff, all you know, all that stuff. And, um, and, and that just opened my eyes up to uh, how, you know, I could make an impact through uh, volunteer service. And, and that's when I started volunteering, getting involved in organizations in the community. I think one of the first organizations I became a part of was the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I was on the board of trustees, had no idea <laughs> what I was doing or what that meant, but it was an opportunity to serve. And from there, um, I decided that uh, teaching was a bit limiting for me and what I felt my greater purpose was in life. And so I actually, you know, spoke to my principal and told her I want to take a sabbatical and explore other opportunities. And at that time, I just bought a condo, just bought a fancy car, and I quit my job. <laughs> so um, started so, so I would say that taking risk is definitely one of your ingredients. Yes, I am a risk taker. I'm an adventurer. Um, I don't mind, you know, jumping in 100% in anything that I believe in. Um, I go hard for it. And, and that's what I did. I just knew that there was something greater for me than the, than the classroom, which is a wonderful place to be. But I, I had to get out of the four walls. And so uh, not knowing where I would land, uh, my next career stop was actually uh, working for the Broward County Housing Authority uh, because they created a position where I could basically develop a department, a community resource development department. And that was wonderful because I love creating. I love um just coming up with ideas and trying to implement them. So it gave me that opportunity to really express myself and creativity in a whole different space. And I was able to engineer uh, various programs at the housing authority that were beneficial to families, disadvantaged families and youth. And that was so inspiring to me. And I actually would go to the community foundation to their workshops to learn how to be a better, you know, nonprofit leader. And I literally coveted the position of the director who was running those programs. And I'm like, I want to be like you. I would love to have your job one day. And coincidentally, uh, she, she left. She got an opportunity up north. And, uh, and the foundation called me. And they just said, you kind of stood out you know, um, in those workshops and we have an opportunity here at the foundation and thought you might be interested in running the nonprofit resource center. Wow. And something had just like knocked me over the head. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the hardest part was telling my boss at the time, Kevin, that I was going, that I had this opportunity and he was so encouraging. He was like, first of all, you'll never it's like we're government, so it'll take you a long time to get to where you're trying to get. So if you're going to make that transition, now is the time and, yeah. and you have my full support. So one of the things I learned from that is to be uh, supportive of other people's goals and, and not to hold them back for your own selfish reasons, because people who work for us or work with us, they have aspirations, too. And we have to be yeah. encouraging and, and push them out there. And so I'm a pusher. Um, I like to push. I love excellence. Um, I, I, I push my son. I push my staff. 
um, because I feel that if you're not operating at a level of excellence, then you're literally wasting your time. You know, you, that you, you have energy that is not being spent where it could make the most impact. So I'm a, I'm a pusher I'm, <laughs> um, yes. in, in a positive way. But um, but that stop uh, at the housing authority and then at the foundation really launched me into um, into my philanthropic career. Yeah, I remember the Nonprofit Resource Center um, and some of the programs that they put on. And it's funny, I was talking with somebody recently and yeah. we were saying that we missed that. Um, so yeah. I noticed that now you're starting to do a little bit of that through yeah. some other some other avenues, some other ways. So I think it's great. And yeah. that, that brings me back to something you said earlier. And I love... Um, you know, listen, the, the foundation, of mm -hmm. course, is uh, people see it as an, an opportunity, right, for, for you mm -hmm. to fund and support financially. But mm -hmm. I love that the Community Foundation is always taking a position of not just handing out money, right, right but mm -hmm. working with the nonprofits, building yeah. these strong partnerships mm -hmm. um, and helping them to build capacity. And yeah. I think, you know, you talk about this being an industry that is often overlooked and I don't know, and maybe overlooked is the word, maybe undervalued mm -hmm. is the word sometimes. Um, and maybe also, I'm mm -hmm. not sure of the word, but yeah, we need to trust, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, if we were a for-profit company, right. you would never question if some, mm -hmm. if uh, somebody came right to you as an investor in the company, you typically, if you trust the leadership, right, you let them run with it and you let them take the company. And so often in nonprofit, we find that we don't have that, right, that freedom and that that trust and, and that support. And then other the other part is that we don't have the funding to do things that a for-profit could do, right? If I came and said, hey, to a donor, we want to try some new products, right, new right. programs, whatever. Yeah. That's research and development. Absolutely. Nobody, they want outcomes. Right. And I think it's starting to change. And mm -hmm. I wanted to hear your perspective on that. And then also maybe how mm -hmm. we can, as an industry, how can mm -hmm. we begin or continue to shift that mindset? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you have hit on some really great points, Lori. And, and you and I met like 20 years ago when I started at the foundation running the resource center, which changed it named to the Leadership Institute, but you were the uh, on the board of the Children's Services Council. Yeah. So we have a long history working in this together and you've been on both sides of the of the coin. And so you hit the nail on the head. And if you uh, get into the, the literature, the industry literature, and you, you will find that foundations or philanthropic institutions are uh, looking at how we have basically held organizations back back or uh, restrain them because of our rigidity and um, drive for organizations to do what we as funders want them to do versus what they feel they need to do and have that 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 flexibility to um, move and shift according to the needs of the community. Uh, I actually was on a, on a webinar yesterday called Trust-Based Philanthropy, and that is what it's called. And we certainly are moving more towards that model of trust-based philanthropy because let's face it we have some key organizations in our community that do what they do really really well ja is obviously one of them and we've been supporting ja for a long time and so when you have trusted leadership and you have uh proven uh programs and outcomes you're absolutely right you know we as funders have to just kind of let it go a little bit and say 
you know what, do what you do and then then come back, tell me how it was done and how well you did or what challenges you had uh, in, in accomplishing what you were trying to accomplish. One of the missing elements, Lori, I feel is is open communication. I feel that nonprofits feel they can't be open with funders and just really, you know, air their laundry, whether it's clean or dirty. They air to uh, they 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 air the clean laundry, but we really want to know the dirty laundry too because I feel that's where we could really help organizations. But we have to foster uh, communication so that and create safe spaces for that type of conversation. I think that is what's missing in the in the sector, but I do see there's a shift towards bringing those voices to the table so that we're more as you know partners and collaborators around these solutions versus here's the money, go do, come back and report to me. Okay. I, I, I personally am not subscribing to that model as the foundation moves forward. Oh, I love it. We're gonna let that simmer and take a very short break. We'll be right back with Sherry Brown Grosner and uh, Recipe for Success. Dear Tomorrow, Yesterday was pretty bad. I hope today is better. The world changed overnight, and then it changed again, and I changed too. They say that we're the future, but I don't even know what that means. I know I can't do it alone. Dear Tomorrow, you're my greatest hope and my biggest fear. Who will I be? What role will I play? And how will I get there? Oh, I love that video. Um, I love that too. <laughs> we're so fortunate to have JUSA, um, who's been really putting out some great videos um, mm -hmm. around, you know, our core pillars of workforce and entrepreneurship yes. and financial literacy. Um, and you know, you you left off talking. You were talking about communication and trust, and as in any relationship, right? Those two mm -hmm. things are probably the most uh, important things. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, I think you're right. So. So how do we, you know, or how do you, uh, mm -hmm. when something doesn't go the way that you think, right? Or even whether it's in your personal relationship, mm -hmm. right, or work, being able to share 
the failure, I hate that word, but you know, yeah. that it didn't go as planned or yeah. being able to share the challenges. You know me, you and I have like great debates and great discussions. And I tell mm -hmm. you from mm -hmm. the get go, because I always think mm -hmm. that setting realistic expectations mm -hmm. and letting people know along the way, I hate surprises when they're bad. I yeah. love surprises when they're good. <laughs> but don't surprise me when it's bad. It's bad, right? <laughs> Keep me engaged so that I can help you fix it, mm -hmm. right? Because like you, we're fixers, right? Right. But so talk a little bit about that that communication from the perspective of, right, how has that helped you to be so successful? You have a long mm -hmm. career at the Community Foundation. Yeah. And there must be, I, I have to imagine that's one of the key things mm -hmm. uh, that has helped you to, to last through changes, right? In our yeah. society, in our community and leadership. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I've been at the Community Foundation almost 20 years. It's, it'll be 20 years in February. And if you would have asked me 20 years ago, if I would have been there today, I probably would have said, no, I would have been somewhere else, you know, on a, on, on a different uh, pathway, maybe. But um, at the foundation, I have been able to reinvent myself over and over again. And actually, I reinvent myself every year. I'm, I have the ability to create my own work plan and workload. I change my title every few years to reflect, you know, what I'm working on, as you probably know. And, 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 the, and the foundation has kept me energized because of the uh, autonomy that I have in the work that I do. And along those 20 years, absolutely, I feel I have failed, but I have found, we, like you said, it's hard to use the word fail, but um, you never you never get to the next step unless you recognize that you're not perfect and, and you do fail or you have faults and you need to work on those areas. And that's what I have done. I have been, had an honest reflection and assessment of myself and evaluate myself in where I fall short, where I have failed or have not excelled as, as high as I've wanted to excel. And I have a good self-talk. People think I'm crazy, but I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> I really do. And I slap myself around. I mean, How's Hubby feeling about that? Is he wondering? <laughs> Yeah, you know, people don't, they 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 kind of think it's a little like strange that I do that, but but it has helped me because sometimes people don't understand the work that you do and what you're going through, and you don't have anyone that you could really turn to to share those 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 uh, failures and those pitfalls. They don't really get it, and so you have to dig deep and find within yourself, uh, you know, the strength to keep moving forward. And I would say that is the key when you when you fail or fall back, you have to dig deep, find that strength to propel yourself forward. You can't stay where you are in that in that failed state. I mean, that is where a lot of mental health issues come in when you can't dig yourself out of that. So I, I dig deep and, and do a lot of self-reflection. The other thing I do, Lori, is I center myself around successful people. That has been the key to my success. And I do not like being the smartest person in the room. And if I am, I change rooms <laughs> because I am, I am, I am a learner. I'm a consummate learner. I mean, I love education. I mean, I'm back in graduate school now working on a couple of degrees and I'm in other certificate programs. I love learning and I don't, and I love learning about a lot of stuff. I'm just not a linear learner, you know, a, 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 a 
just one disciplinary uh, learner, I learn about a lot of things. And that is what keeps me motivated and energized around the work I do at the foundation. It, mm. it, it truly does. Um, education is, is a huge deal for me. And uh, in the work that you do at JA, I am so passionate about because you're helping young people understand what it takes to be successful in the workforce and or running their own companies. Um, and I just love that model because my work experiences as a youngster helped to shape my work ethic today. Um, and, 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 I, and I trace it back to my teen years when I was working. And even, you know, my preteen years, my grandfather uh, owned convenience stores and, and my sister and I would uh, run the counters, the, the cash cashier counters in his stores. And in that work ethic from a young age, it carries through with you to your adult years. And so we need, you know, more JA impact in the community because in the video, it, it, it said, you know, kids need, it said 34% of kids need a caring adult, right, for school this year. I would take it beyond this year. They need a caring adult, someone who's looking out for their future, someone who is saying, I see potential in you. Let me give you this opportunity. Let me help open this door. That's what these kids need. And, and, and I love yeah. that VA provides that. Yeah, and, and that goes to mentoring, right, and volunteering. Absolutely. Our kids that go through, there's about 600 kids who go through that entrepreneurship program. And you know, look, at the end of the day, the goal is not that they all become entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? I run JA, my people will tell you, they are the CEO of their program. Yes. Right? That's We're right. all CEOs here. Right. I'm not, you need to know what people do you need on your team? Mm -hmm. What's your budget to do what you mm -hmm. need to accomplish? What's mm -hmm. your strategic plan? What are your goals and the metrics, right? That you're gonna yes. use to measure success. I can't do that for every program. We have too much going on, right? <laughs> yes. But the mentors, that mm -hmm. ongoing mentorship, so what we want is for those students to walk away, whether they become entrepreneurs or mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, right? Working for someone else mm -hmm. to think that way, to understand right. problem solving and communication right. and all those things you and I are talking about that made you successful. And mm -hmm. you can tell I'm so passionate about what we do. Yeah. That that is the key. And those mentors work with those kids for eight months. Right. So not only are they mentoring them and helping them to build their companies, helping mm -hmm. them to build their skills, they're helping them to make connections. Absolutely. We're bringing other leaders in for them to meet and present their ideas and coach them. These kids now have all these connections, right, that mm -hmm. they can use mm -hmm. to go find jobs. Mm -hmm. I think the best testimony to that this year, and you know, and you all have been funding us, thank you for that, for the youth employment and one of the kids said mm -hmm. to us, actually, I think there were two or three. They said, we don't we don't want a job through J.A. And we were like, why? Hmm. Because you taught us so well, we found our own job. Ah, we used all the skills you taught us right. Right. in the interviewing, in how to get mm -hmm. into the door. Right. We used to, and, and now we don't need you to place us. We found our own job. That's Guess right. what? We want that. We don't want them to ever need us past the point of teaching them what to do. We want them to be independent and empower them to do it on their own. But in yes. the meantime, of course, we continue to help them. And that yes. to me was a true testimony of, you know, the training and the mm -hmm. preparation that they get.
Yes. But yes, I think you're right. Having a mentor, having those smart people around you throughout your career and throughout your life. So mm -hmm. important. One of the things that I think, and yes, I was on the other side too. So I, I know this. One of the hardest things I think in your job, and people may not realize it, they think, oh, well, she gets to give out money. She doesn't have to raise money. Ooh. Right. But mm -hmm. saying no mm -hmm. is really hard. And mm -hmm. I don't mean just to money. How do you deal with that, right? That you, yes. and, and by the way, that goes with anybody in your life, right? Your son, right? Uh, your your employees, mm -hmm. your friends, other organizations. When we want, right, your involvement, and they want you to do things. How do you mm -hmm. say no? You know that that is tough. Um, saying no is is very difficult. Um, giving out or granting out uh, money is very difficult, and, and what makes it extremely challenging is that um, the, the resources at the Community Foundation of Broward exist because of generous donors um, that decided they wanted to be charitable and they needed a vehicle for their charity. So they turned to the Community Foundation of Broward and said, you know what, instead of starting a private foundation, I'm going to set up a fund in my name, you know, my family's name or personal name, and I want you to steward those funds. Steward is the key word. I want you to steward those funds so that they go towards uh, the, the most important issues in this community and or things that I'm passionate about and that I care about. I take that so very seriously. I literally, my team and I, we, we put ourselves in the shoes of each and every one of the 450 fund holders whose funds we steward. And when we're making a decision, first and foremost, is what would this fund holder appreciate? What would, you know, would they be pleased with this decision we're making? And that is the driving force behind our decision-making at the foundation, first and foremost. And then secondly, we obviously look at uh, the alignment of the project to the goals that the foundation uh, has set forth. And there's so many great uh, opportunities for us to support in the community, but we do yeah. have limited funds. And that's where the no comes in. And it's a really hard no, because um, we know that at the heart of the nonprofit uh, sector, they're trying to do good for the community. That's what their mission is about, you know, to uplift the community, to do good by the residents and the environment and all those things in the community. And so when we say no, we have to have a strong rationale for that no. And uh, in our team, we we just never say, oh, no, you know, it wasn't a good project or whatever. We invite conversation. If it's a no, we invite conversation and we invite candid conversation. If it's no, it's like great project, but we just didn't have enough money. You know, right. well, people can accept it. Okay, I get it. Or great project, but you know what? You were missing the mark on this part. Work on this. Let's work on it together. The next cycle, bring it back. And guess what? We'll really be an advocate for that program. Right. So it's a no with a reason. And that's what makes it a, a lot easier um, to, to share that no. And, uh, and, and, and the yeses are exciting, but the yeses come with a lot of responsibility, as you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> accountability. <laughs> a lot of accountability. And that accountability, especially for the community foundation, is driven from, like I said, you know, making sure that these projects and programs meet the intent of the funds that support them through the community foundation of Broward. So yeah, uh, no, no it's really hard, no matter how you slice it. Um, yeah. That no. I know, you know, and something that you keep alluding to, and I don't know that you've said it, although I may have heard the word early on, is um, focus, right? Mm -hmm. So 
you, there's, there's, you can't do everything, right? Whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, or, or from a, from a granting perspective, as you mm -hmm. said. And so being focused yes. um, and not letting, you know, and today we're living in a world, right? Where that shiny penny gets our attention mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. easily because there's so many distractions. Yes. Talk a little bit about focus, right? And mm -hmm. I don't know if you, I, I don't think you know that because you and I have not had coffee in a while, but I'm writing a book. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Some coffee. We need to have yeah, coffee. We definitely need to have coffee, and I'll tell you all about it. But one okay. of the things in the book is around clarity, mm -hmm. right? And that focus uh, and staying clear on where you're going, what you want, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's right, the foundation, the results mm -hmm. for your, your donors, right? As you said, right. that you're stewarding. Talk a little bit about how that affects you, how, how it mm -hmm. actually played a part in you getting right? So where you are today, keeping you where you are today, and then also right from all those other aspects, how important focus has been. Wow. F focus is, is super important, but by golly, it's really hard. <laughs> I have questioned myself over and over again if I need to like uh, be on some ADD medication or something, because like you said, the shiny penny, you know, you just want to go after everything, but you have to, you know, stay focused. Um, so focus, focus for me, uh, is setting a goal. Okay. That's what I, I start out with goals and I have literally planned my life in five year increments. Um, and that is, that is what I kind of teach my son, you know, look at things in five year increments, maybe 10 year increments, but honestly with the pandemic, I'm now like, okay, maybe it's two year increments <laughs> because, uh, the, you know, things that's changed so rapidly in, in the world, but, um, starting off with a goal and starting off with a timeline to accomplish that goal and keeping that goal in front of you. So literally, I write my goals down, you know, whether it's personal or professional. And, and I constantly refer back to those goals. And I put those goals in places that are visible. So like, I don't have it, you know, in a book somewhere, like I literally have it like taped on my, my vanity in my room. Because whenever I get distracted and want to look to the left, look to the right, it's like, no, you've got to do like I was up to two o'clock last night working on some homework, you know, because I got to read these articles and do these literature reviews for my graduate class. So I'm like, OK, the sacrifice now will pay off later. So I look at things in terms of, you know, the payoff down the road. Everything is not going to happen like immediately. So you have to invest the time into whatever it is you're focused on achieving and know that the the you know, the end of the road, you're going to, you're going to get what you're, what you're really striving for. So for me, it's writing that goal down and really looking at it and constantly questioning, am I, you know, am I on target? Am I on track? Am I meeting the milestones, you know, to achieve this goal? And that is what, that is what keeps me focused. Um, I, I don't think I could, I don't know how to live without having a goal. I, I really yeah. don't. You know, and it's so funny from a personal perspective, you know, especially yeah. women, I think sometimes, um, you know, we, we have KPIs and metrics for all we mm -hmm. do in business, but yet yeah. we don't always have them, right? Our young people don't always right. think of that from a personal perspective and it's so important. And I think you're, I don't know, your husband must be scratching his head, talking to yourself, goals pasted up on the vanity. I mean, Sherry. <laughs> he, he goes to play golf. He's an avid golfer and I'm like... Can't you help me? He was like, uh, I have tea time at <laughs> and I'm out of here. He's good. He was like, You know what, though? That's what makes it work. Look at Mike and I. 18 years, we're both very independent. Yeah. Um, 
we're there to support each other, right? Yeah. And we do lots of things together, but right. you know, people have to be, you know, and I tell them, hey, I'm going out with this group of girls or, you know, right. he's like, have fun, it. <laughs> see you tomorrow. I'll be in bed at 8.30, right? Nine o'clock, whatever. It's but, great we um, have our lanes, right? They say stay in your lane. So we do have our lane. Exactly. Yeah. And that applies, right, for all of our, our the different places where we spend our time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, Sherry, look, I have a long list of <laughs> ingredients. Normally when we do this at the building, we have it up on a whiteboard. And oh. so everybody can see it. But I'm going to read back your ingredients to success, which okay. there are so many. And I know if we kept going, there would be so many more. Sure. Um, and then I'm going to ask you at the end, what's your main ingredient to success? It mm -hmm. could be one of these or it may be something you mm -hmm. haven't mentioned. So um, here are some of the things that you mentioned, right? Take mm -hmm. on leadership roles early, right? As a young person, teaching others. You talked about that a couple of times, making mm -hmm. sure that we're always you love being a teacher and helping people mm -hmm. to grow. Uh, listening, really important. Be understanding, mm -hmm. empathetic. Coaching others for success. That's your teaching background mm -hmm. again. I love this line. I put it in quotes. We get to where we are, not by accident. Mm -hmm. I love it. And that speaks yes. to the goals, right? Yes. Of having a plan. And, and sometimes that plan shifts, but yeah. got to have a plan to start. Mm -hmm. Taking risks and being an adventurer yes. and being all in 100% in everything mm -hmm. you do. Um, you knew there was something greater for you. And I think that speaks to confidence and self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding yourself and, and your value that you bring. Uh, you're an idea uh, person, a creator. Mm -hmm. uh, you support others' goals, right? And empower mm -hmm. them to help them achieve them. Striving for excellence. There's that 100% again. Communication, trust, mm -hmm reinventing yourself every year. I love that. I think we hear so often about, especially women, reinventing themselves as they go through different chapters of their life, whether it's a divorce, children, being an right. empty nester. But I love that you talked about doing it every year, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I, I, that's great. Being empowered, recognizing that you're not perfect and mm -hmm. working on those things you recognize you need to strengthen. Uh, Self-awareness, right? Self-evaluation. Yeah. I think too often we don't, we don't mm -hmm. always do that. And sometimes we do, and we're not always realistic about it. So right. I always ask my friends, give me, give me the hard truth. Like I want to know mm -hmm. what I can work on. And that's, that's a great thing, right? When we can yes. taste that, right? Punch mm -hmm. me in the gut. I tell them, yes, right. go for it, right? Uh, they're usually much kinder than that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, keeping, you know, keeping yourself, uh, and moving forward when you're falling backwards, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so important. Surrounding yourself with people who are smarter or yes. find a new room, as you said. Mm -hmm. uh, keep on learning. Find a mentor throughout our lives. I think we right. always need to have mentors. Stay mm -hmm. focused. Have clear goals. Writing them down. Um, those are some of the things that you talked about today. And these are some amazing ingredients. And it is no wonder, right, that you have just been such a leader in this community at the community foundation. And, you know, I do not blow smoke. I tell you like it is. I think I have always thought you're amazing. Oh, I love your energy, your sparkle. You just got it. Right. We always, I always tell you that. Um, and I love being around you. You just, you can wake up any room and, and, and energize oh. any room. And I love that about you. So Sherry mm -hmm. Brown Grosner. What is your main ingredient to success? Well, you listed a lot of things, Lori. 
And I would be remiss if I did not tell the audience that my main ingredient, my main ingredient to success, and you only want one because I actually have two. <laughs> All right. I'll let you give me two. Two. What's so, the first one? Now? Oh, the first one is family. Uh, support from my family has been the one of the main ingredients to my success. Without family in that immediate circle of support um, and just encouraging me and pushing me, I would not be where I am today at all. I mean, hands down, huge family support. And the second one, which is truly probably the first one, is I stay spiritually grounded. That has been the foundation of everything I do. I pray. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to, to uh, pull any punches on that. I pray and I seek a higher source to guide me and to direct my path. And that's where I go for my answers. That is where I go for my consolation. And that is how I get through tough times like the pandemic. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I see three Fs in your world, right? Family, faith, and hell yeah, a lot of fun, right? Yeah. You know, and I love that about you because we always have fun. We do. Even when we we're do. just having coffee in the morning. Exactly. Uh, and I love that about you. By the way, there are just so many comments in the, the chat. I want you to know there's a guy named Ken Lemon. I don't know if your husband knows, but he says he loves you. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> um, but lots of people commenting on your ingredients, on the work of the foundation, um, and, uh, David Odahowski, I know, you know, him from uh, one of, yeah, we both uh, have known him a long time. Um, and so I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for all that you do, uh, for the community, uh, for your always for your straightforwardness, right. Um, and your passion, uh, I, I could go on and on and, and, you know, again, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't uh, just say things to say yeah. them, but it has truly been a pleasure I, to call you a friend Thank you, um, and a colleague in this community, Sherry. And I'm so happy for you on your marriage. So, you know, the feeling is totally mutual. It, it's been a journey together in this in this philanthropic space. And uh, and we all have to support each other and just hang yeah. in there for the good of the community. I was born and raised here in Broward. This is my community. It's our community. We have to take care of it. Absolutely. I cannot think of a better way to end. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, all of you in the chat. We really appreciate it um, and your support. Everybody's talking about JA. It should be mandated. The entrepreneurship program, the, the chat is is is, uh, is great. And I hope they take that to the uh, school board. And by the way, we actually are this close. So we're, we're fingers crossed. Pray, Sherry. Yes. Uh, we will be mandating uh, high school course in 11th grade to add on to fifth and eighth. Yes. Uh, our kids need it. Um, and, um, and then I hope that eventually there will be a mandated entrepreneurship class. Um, so thank you for your support over the years. Thank you everyone for watching and let's get cooking. Thank you. Oh, let me tell them to end it.